This is Buildcast, hosted by Alex Kim and Fei Fan Wan. The story of two friends building and launching an iPhone app called Core 15. Welcome to our journey. All right, so welcome to the second episode of Buildcast. Buildcast. That is the new name we're giving this podcast. <laughs> we're gonna be like Andy Dwyer on Parks and Rec and change up the band name every single yeah. day. Yeah. If you want to know what the old name is, good luck. We're not gonna tell you. Or you could just watch episode one again. Nah, I'm gonna edit it out of it. Oh, okay, fine. Yeah. Right. It's gotta be consistent. Right, so, Alex, what's been new since episode one? Yeah. So WWDC dropped. Some heavy, heavy ones <laughs> and zeros. <laughs> yeah, it's been really fun to just catch up on all the all the buzz around iOS nine with El Capitan and watch OS two already. There's、uh, a lot of things to catch up on on that front.、So. Is it watch OS or watch OS two?、Uh, it's watch OS two now. I think they're calling watch it OS two. Yeah, yeah,、okay. straight up. I didn't know they had one. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. Because it was only like two, three months since the release. So yeah, a lot of WWDC news has been exciting. Yeah, and that's a lot of that stuff is actually. So I immediately downloaded Xcode seven after they made it available. And I started. I migrated whatever we had into this new、uh, into the new Xcode, and it's actually been pretty great. Swift two has a lot of new features that I'm excited about, especially features that makes the、uh, makes your code safer, especially around error handling and things like that. So I'm getting excited about that, and we're interested in trying、uh, new functionalities. Like on-demand resources, in terms of like getting our videos downloaded and whatnot. So yeah, yeah. So we're doing a lot of research around how to make our app iOS nine ready. Yeah. Considering that Snapchat and Vine are all trying to retrieve like five to ten second videos, and our videos are going to be fifteen minutes long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're definitely gonna have to do a nice little dance around that. Yeah. Yeah. So we're video editing and things of that nature is new to both of us. So we'll have to. That's another thing we'll have to learn as we go through the development process. For sure. For cool. Sure. So a couple of things we want to talk about today. One is sort of how we revolutionized our Facebook ads approach. And went from thirty dollars in email sign up to under three dollars, and that was pretty revelatory. And we were able to get a bunch of、uh, early adopter sign ups. We even have some interviews scheduled with these folks, so we're really excited about that. The second thing that we're going to talk about is the process that we went through to solidify our UI. UI design in terms of color schemes and how we want to lay everything out,、uh, and it was kind of an interesting process. Yeah, yeah, for sure.、Uh, so let's jump into Facebook,、um, Facebook ads. I think that was、yeah. going to be an interesting thing. So yeah, I mean, like I was kind of curious because you know you kind of have hold of the budgeting and kind of have hold of the dollar bills when it came to this platform. So how did we pay thirty dollars upfront and then get it down to like, you know, a fraction of that cost? What do we do? Yeah. So we started out 
with just a broad sort of like we targeted anyone that liked working out, anyone that liked the exercise planking, <laughs> push-ups, right? Like yeah. arm curls, like really general boot camps. Yeah. yeah. So it's the most obvious thing that we could have gone for because this is a workout app, and of course we're gonna target workout people, people that like workout. Facebook fan pages and things like that, but then it just has been performing really poorly, uh, and it's something that I was kind of losing sleep over for a bit. Like our conversions were near like zero percent, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. fraction of a very percent. few yeah. people were actually signing up for our site. Yeah, were rather for like beta in my email list. So we didn't really talk about it. As a team for a bit, until sort of one day I saw this video on YouTube where、uh, it was this guy from Argentina. He was talking about how he was marketing an ebook, which was workout related. So then my ears perked up after he said that.、Uh, he said that one of the strategies that he used that worked really well was to think about. Specific personas that actually has a need to work out, right? So、yeah. some of the examples that he gave were new mothers who just gave, you know, they just gave birth and they're trying to think about their figures, or you know, people that are about to go through a wedding and they need to fit into a dress or a, the suit or the tuxedo, whatever the case may be. Or people that are getting ready for the beach, right? So he would build campaigns around these specific people and speak to their needs、uh, and and talk about how the ebook would help them solve their problems. And then、uh, he's been really successful with that. And I was like, well, we should do exactly that、yeah. with our campaigns. So. Right, so then we sat down together and we sketched out a bunch of them.、Right? Yeah, just went straight to the whiteboard, started、uh, plotting out on, on sticky notes just all the variety of type of people that we can imagine who would be interested in the workout app. Started whittling it down, prioritizing who we think are actually viable and who are a little bit more out there. I, I so think, who did yeah, we have?、Um, I think we ended up. Uh, prioritizing、uh, a few that you mentioned,、uh, like people who are going to be interested in getting、uh, ready with their bikini body for the beach. That was one persona.、Um, speedo bodies too. Speedo bodies too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially after you did your Brazil trip, you know that's a、oh, huge,、yeah. huge thing. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta actually target Brazil too. Oh yeah. So the beach body folks, and as you mentioned before, the folks who are、uh, about to get ready for the wedding. The happiest day of their lives, yeah, fitting into their beautiful dress, awesome suit. The other folks that we were targeting were the new mothers,、uh, losing off all the baby weight after their child is born. And then we have one more too, right? Oh yeah, and we also had online dating and、uh, folks who just want to make sure that they're gonna be marketable out and out there in the competitive landscape of dating. And so we really try to target that group too. So yeah, the, the four out of like many, because we also had like old dads who want to get back on the fitness train. I mean, like、yeah. we got pretty specific, but we whittled it down to these four. The two winningest. Yeah. 
segments for us were Beachbody and Wedding People. So off of those two campaigns, we were able to get about three to four signups every day with a $10 a day budget, which I'm pretty happy with. You know, that's just, you know, not going out to eat lunch and bringing something, but we can get three, four beta testers, which is pretty valuable. So off of that, we kind of kept that going for a while, and then we got it up to, you know, 60, 70 new signups. Uh, and a lot of that informed us about uh, who, what kind of segments our product is resonating with. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that's going to be huge is that once we, you know, once we are ready to get downloads, uh, we go to other marketing channels like Google, Twitter, we know exactly who to target which is going to be pretty awesome. Absolutely, yeah. And then the, our current flow is that after the user signs up, uh, we actually send them an automated email uh, basically saying, hey, you know, thank you for signing up. We're really excited. Uh, would you be interested to chat, to sit down and interview with us? And our goal there is to be able to figure out who are signing up for our mailing list, what their needs are, why are they interested in why are they interested in downloading our app and why don't they go to the gym to work out their apps? And if they do, why do they need an app for that? So Alex, you've been corresponding with a lot of uh, the people that reply to us. Yeah. Right? Of, of like the 60, 70 people that we converted through these ads and received that automated email, we were able to get about like six responses, which is pretty, which is pretty awesome. Like that's, you know, it's a pretty good conversion on just being able to have people to talk to in the early stage. So we've been able to continue coordinating with them on uh, figuring out a perfect way to talk. If they're in the local city around us, then we would try to chat with them in person. Um, Otherwise, just uh, coordinating, uh, hang out on Google Hangouts or Skype or just chat over the phone. Uh, And just to be able to uh, get a little bit more information around just who you are, why did you end up here, what is your expectation going forward, and what are some of the behaviors in the past, uh, in like your fitness past that could be uh, illuminating for how we should uh, pay attention to how we develop our app and how we should continue marketing. So um, that's been really um, interesting to try to set up and get feedback. Wasn't wasn't one of them that like uh, busy mother who... One of them was like, why do you want to talk to me? I just want to download this app and work out. Yeah, so there was a little bit of a mixed message because, um, you know, we were on our, on our landing page when we asked for the emails to be a part of our beta group. You know, some people got the impression that be- being a part of the beta group meant that they were just going to get a free app download link of some sort so that they could get it immediately. And so the moment that the automated email went out asking for a session to chat, she was really confused because her response came back as, oh, you know what, I'm a mother of two and my schedule is really crazy. I won't be able to chat. What do you guys uh, want to talk about anyway? I thought I was just getting a free app. And then so, you know, just managing that conversation was really interesting because, I mean, like, she didn't know it, but she was helping us a lot by identifying that we're validating one of those personas yeah. that we originally thought about yeah. targeting. And then also validating the behavior around that kind of persona, right? Like, she's busy, she doesn't have time. Same way that, like, if she's interested in fitness, you know, like, where would she find the time to go out to the gym or you yeah. put in, like, a 15-minute workout? So it just seemed very, like, 
kind of like fitting for her response to organically yeah. come out that way and help to really like solidify that hypothesis for us. Yeah, and for all y'all indie developers out there, you know, this is an actually a really valuable approach in terms of identifying who your users are going to be down the road. And, and if you do want to spend marketing dollars, you want to make sure you know where to spend that at. Yeah. So that's, that's a really important topic that we'll be touching up more on down the road. But of course, if you have thoughts and questions about that, feel free to write to us or tweet at us. Cool. So the next thing that we got on the docket is how we solidified our UI UX design. For the app, yeah. So that's your wheelhouse right there. Absolutely. Why don't you talk about that? Absolutely. So, I mean, like we mentioned, we kind of alluded in the last episode too, just how we went through uh, a lot of exercises to illustrate what the brand is going to feel like, what is the voice, you know, what kind of experiences the user are going to have going through core 15 um, initially and uh, we were so like at least for me as a design front was like very back and forth about being swept up in all the different like fitness apps that are out in the market there's like this kind of very like heavy heavy like like dark background tone with like neon <laughs> like colors up front like just imagine nike plus and all the marketing and branding that they do against like the nike plus stuff like i just know tron yeah it's <laughs> kind of like tronish right or like imagine their fuel band it was like a black band with like neon yeah. little, like indicating led lights so yeah. you know there was a lot of pull towards that direction just because it was kind of representative or that feel was representative of that market but then we also kind of like, like you know, Faye challenged me in reminding ourselves like, hey, but some of the early things that we discussed was to try to make this friendly and approachable, easily adoptable. It doesn't feel like you're walking through like Equinox or Crunch for the first time and feeling like you're getting... What are like, those? Not uh, everybody know what they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, feeling like you're getting bombarded by like that whole like fitness or like... I shouldn't yeah. say exactly which program, but like just the heaviness and like yeah. the real like aggressiveness of it. So well, Equinox and Crunch are like gyms yeah. in, in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, or like they're they're around in a number of different places. Yeah. But yeah, the, a lot of their branding kind of comes off that way, right? It's like yeah. work out or die or work out <laughs> or like you'll you'll be living a crappy life. Like it kind of has that tone. Yeah. Um, and so there was a couple of iter iterations that we did, a uh, few variants, like three or four different variants across color themes and across different layouts that was helping to answer some of the questions of how should we present our information a little bit more effectively for the user. And especially our two main views were like select a workout in a list of workouts. And then once you do, you're going into the detail of that workout and then going through the video and the different exercises in that um, in, in that workout. Yeah. So those are the two views that we were just trying to like really test some of these like design ideas around. Yeah. Uh, we created four variants. I my my preferred methods, my preferred tools is just like doing a bunch of them in Sketch, putting a lot of variables in Sketch against it, so you can just change the color right away, and then putting it all into this one prototyping tool called Marvel. And what that allowed us to do is just put everything onto like, say in my phone, like all four variants, and then just go out 
and start talking to people out in the world like immediately about their impressions about A, B, C, and D. Yeah. Right? And you did that at the Equinox gym next door, right? Yeah, yeah. How did that go? I mean, like, yeah, I think that's the lucky thing of living in a city like San Francisco where, like, you could just, like, some of these things, you could just go right next door and get, like, the users that you need to talk to. So that went well. You know, there's always, like, that feeling whenever you're doing customer development cold turkey with no context that there's always that feeling of, like, this person either might just punch me out because they're so, like, frustrated with me or they're going to be the most engaged excited interested person because a stranger is talking to them yeah like you know surprisingly everybody there were um who were either like waiting for someone or waiting to go to the gym or just coming out of a session out of the gym luckily there was a restaurant bar right that's like right next to equinox that's kind of affiliated yeah so there was a lot of people chilling there and then so it didn't have to feel like i had to go straight into like a sauna Start talking to people <laughs> in like a locker room and feel a little the more sauna. Yeah, yeah. I'll be amazing. I thought the sauna was a perfect place, right? But then you know it was a perfect opportunity because they're just kind of like drinking, like having a drink right after the workout and like before they go home. So uh, just started like targeting a few people who are sitting by themselves and yeah, look like they didn't have uh, they didn't have a laptop in front of them and didn't look too busy. Just started chatting them up. Yeah, what kind of feedback did you get? Yeah, I mean, like, some good feedback. You know, some people had, like, really visceral reactions to, like, like let's say, one of the four variants that we were showing them. Like, we, I, I, I kind of made sure to do, like, a general pass and get their perspective on just what the app is in general and uh, see what their impressions are about what the whole experience feels like. Right. And then got a little bit more granular in asking them, okay, now that you know what the app kind of does... Let me know between A, B, C, and D if you have a stronger, you know, sense of, like, one that you like better than the others. Yeah. And interestingly enough, across, uh, there, there were people who liked different variants for different reasons. So at a certain point, it's like, I have to either figure out, I got to quantify this a little bit more to actually validate that one direction is the best. But at a certain point, you just kind of have to like listen for what they're saying, right? Like yeah. where one starts to feel too much too aggressive, like the darker tone one feels too aggressive, mm. or like one actually feels a lot more like a fitness app. So you're yeah. just like kind of like battling against some of these things that are kind of like in the back of your head while you're trying to like validate is right or wrong. But at a certain point, there was one person who chose like a light theme, and then one person that chose like a dark theme. And I think the point there wasn't for me to decide, like, I need to choose either B or D, but, like, the discussion of what is, like, the combination of what both of those two things bring to the table, and let's see if we can make it representative in, like, a kind of, like, hypothetically, like, a BD hybrid, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, let's take the best attributes that the user said they liked about one brain and the other, and then put it together, yeah. and then see how that goes. So, yeah, at a certain point, I think you just have to make a like a hard call on it and yeah. then you're trying to get feelers you're trying to be as informed as possible and then at a certain point you're just you just have to take the plunge and hope yeah. that you don't hit rock right <laughs> uh, we did that because yeah. I couldn't keep developing a lot of stuff absolutely without yeah. sort of like solidifying especially the UX part of what we're trying to do right yeah absolutely um, there was like this one variation on the workout select screen where the user could act like swipe left and right to yeah. be able to choose and then like the next workout would kind of like slide into the same view. Yeah. We had like an idea like that and then we also had just like a little bit more of a traditional 
kind of like a list view where you could see workout one, two, three, four stacked vertically against each other. And so, yeah, like things like having to make decisions like that, how yeah. um, I remember when you were telling me like, oh, like deciding between that, like one version of that to the other is very different in terms of yeah. the complexity, yeah. in terms of coding it up. So yeah. making some of those hard and fast decisions quick just so that we could get it out the door. Yeah, and deciding that is definitely difficult, you know, and we're, I'm always interested in hearing how people usually go about that process. You know, I've heard more scientific approaches where folks actually ran Facebook ads with different variations of the app and then measured conversion rates based on which variation of the app people actually converted on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, I think that would be a cool experiment. Uh, I'm sure people try all kinds of things. Uh, And I think for us, at the end of the day, it was a function of how much time and energy we actually had. And, and, you know, at at a certain point, we just needed to start shipping. Right. So, yeah, that that was cool. Yeah, for sure. Okay, well, yeah, anyway, I think that's everything that we got for this episode. I mean, coming down the road, we're solidifying on the trainers that we want to work with. We have some really awesome candidates. Hopefully, once we solidify on that, we'll we'll be able to talk about that a little bit more. But for sure, one thing that's happening is the app is definitely coming together, and it feels really nice. And, and, you know, I feel proud in the morning when I can pull my phone and show Alex, like, hey, look we are definitively 15% closer (laughs) to the end goal than we were yesterday. So that feels really nice. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm I'm always trying to do that like half, like I want to celebrate so viscerally and loud, but I got to kind of taper it down because we're in like a co-working space. (laughs) (laughs) And make sure I don't like like frighten people around us. It's always that like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, we have a whole bunch of topics we're ready to talk about. Yeah. So definitely write to us if you have specific things that you're interested in learning about, or if you're interested in coming on the show to talk about your app with us. Uh, sort of what your process is like. Just get at us via email or Twitter, and all that information is going to be in the show notes. So. Cool. Until next time. Buildcast is brought to you by Feifan Wan and Alex Kim. You can find all episodes at buildcast.fm. You can also find the app that we're building at core15.co. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to tweet at us at buildcast.fm. Thank you for listening. See you next time.